Anya Lawrence, welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hello, Luke. Thank you for your time and your willingness to come and jump online and do an interview with us. That's a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, maybe could you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell okay. us briefly what you do? Okay. My name is Anya and I um, have my own business um, that, uh, called Laird. And I make items, I sew and I make items from repurposed fabric. Um, so I am an advocate for um, recycling and repurposing and uh, using fabrics which nobody wants anymore and creating something beautiful out of them. That's what I do. That's awesome. So taking unwanted things and making them amazing and desirable. Yes, yes. That's awesome. So, I know I'm kind of breaking the rules here because, I mean, this is the Durban Small Business Podcast, but you started in Durban, even yes, though you are now I based did. in the Cape. So, yes. I'd like to say, if you, you know, once, once in Durban, Durban mm. will always be in you. And <laughs> you, I'm so true. <laughs> yes. So, you are a Durban-born business. And yes, Durban will absolutely. always be in the blood and the veins of your, your yes. business and your story. Yeah. So yeah. I've had the privilege of being somewhat involved in, in your startup story. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. And it still is amazing. So maybe could you tell us a little bit about your journey up to the point of starting your business? We lived in KZN for about three years. Um, and so in that time, that's when I started Layered. Okay, before I started Layered, which I started two years ago, um, I was a, we were a homeschooling family. So I was I'm a mum of three girls and um, I was a full-time homeschooling mum. So in that season of homeschooling then, we would try and be as creative as we possibly can, as adventurous in the way that we learned um, in the projects we did. And one of those things was to teach ourselves sewing. So I taught myself how to sew and I taught my girls how to sew. Um, My youngest is still too young. She's only six, but hopefully she'll also be keen to learn. Um, So we would often do sewing projects. And the most awesome thing uh, that definitely will connect us, apart from other things, to KZN was this amazing shop that we found at the aid centre in in Hillcrest. Um, It's a haberdashery and it is full, chock-a-block, with fabrics and accessories or, um, you know, hardwares and ribbons and ropes and lace and whatever you can find. And it's all donated second-hand things. And we used to go rummage in there and it used to be an exciting outing. And then the girls would see what projects they can make from what they find. And that is how the idea of Laird was born. Um, I knew that the transition from homeschooling to school was going to be happening um, as our girls were getting older. And our oldest, Abigail, really wanted to go to high school. And I knew that I needed to start something um, for myself to, you know, just have an outlet of creativity, um, but also obviously school 
cost money. So, so because we would never, we have never had to pay school fees. That's something that we would have to think about. So, okay. um, that's where Laird was born. Yeah, that's awesome. So, mm. what? Before we get there, so you want where are you based now? Where am I based now? Okay, so we're yeah. in the Cape in a small town called Malmesbury, um, which is about just under an hour's drive from Cape Town. It's okay. a, yeah, it's a small farming Afrikaans dopey, um, super friendly. <laughs> the, British, nice the British lady in an Afrikaans town. Yes, yes. Love I it. definitely, I, I definitely um, stick out like a sore thumb. <laughs> but I try my best <laughs> to integrate. Awesome. And uh, yeah, it's, Bram will always say the, is it the Boer and the Brits? That's what he calls us. So mm. you're in Mel, Malmesbury, hey? Malmesbury. Malms. Malms. So I've seen, your, <laughs> I've seen the pictures of you guys because, yeah. you know, you guys do posts and it looks very picturesque mm. and it looks absolutely stunning. Yeah, no, there is, there is elements of Malmesbury that's very uh, picturesque, um, but it's also very, it's, there are quite industrial areas of Malmesbury as well, the the mills, like, yeah, big storage mills. I actually don't know what they are. Mills, they store flour, okay. wheat. Oh, I should probably should know more about that. Yeah, no, it's a wheat. It's an area full of wheat. Wheat okay. fields. Wheat fields. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. How's, how's business there? How has, how, how's the transition been moving from Durban where you started up? And yeah. you'd only started up, like, a few months before you... You guys yes. moved. So how's that transition been and how are you guys doing now? Yeah, I think um, it's actually, I almost hardly did any business actually in KZN. It was more okay. like the birthing of it that happened in mm. KZN. Um, and obviously some, um, I had some amazing photos taken there as well um, by yourself. And they are still the best photos I've had taken. Um, to this day. Thanks. So, yeah, absolutely. And, and also wonderful memories attached to them as well. Mm. Um, so it was really, yeah, it took a few months out whilst moving down. And then um, it was probably the beginning of last year. Yeah, probably the beginning of last year that I um, really started to market myself. Even though um, I'd started on Instagram, it was last year, the beginning of last year, that I kind of, yeah, I was able to really focus on it. Um, and it's been going well. Um, I probably have too many expectations of myself and of Laird to where I would like it to be. But actually, if I look at it, um, I'm happy with how it's going. Um, awesome. I'm happy with the progression. Yeah, it's, it's obviously we have to walk before we can run, even though we tend to want to do it the other way around. So yeah. often I have to just take a deep breath and take stock and yeah, just take it as it comes. Absolutely. I think as I think as business <clears throat> owners and maybe in, if I could say inexperienced business owners, we mm -hmm. are quite hard on ourselves. And I think yes. as creatives too, you know, we we mm. have this very idealistic view of life at times yes, and we get very frustrated true. when those ex our mm. outrageous expectations aren't met and 
I think part of this process is just learning to be kind to ourselves and just take it as, as it comes. Um, I don't know if, if that, you can identify that with that or if that's yeah. been your journey. Yeah, I think um, I find that I have lots of ideas um, and then I, I, wa- I want these ideas to happen quickly, you know, and mm. I try things out and I experiment with things. And then because that's, that is actually a long process, to get an idea up and running is a long process. But mm. I think everyone else kind of makes it look easy because, I mean, it's all out there, isn't it? On social media, all the markets that just are, we're surrounded by markets and, you know, we are, it is so accessible to see what other creative people are doing um, and all the ideas are out there. So now, okay, you want to put your ideas into practice and then you stumble and fall because why did it not happen straight away? Why did I not get this right straight away? And then personally, I feel very disheartened by it. And um, again, I have to pick myself up and, you know, kind of put myself back on track. And that actually happens to me a lot. So, and I need to be faithful with the small things that I am doing now. And then just give myself time for these other yeah, ideas to happen and to, yes. yeah. Uh, I think succeed, we also, s- sorry to interrupt. We, mm-hmm. we, we also see the finished products. We don't see the process. So yes. we walk around, you know, we mm-hmm. walk around a market and we see all these amazing, beautiful finished products or we scroll through Instagram or Facebook or on someone's <laughs> website. Like for me, I, I look at, your guys' stuff on Facebook and on Instagram, and I see the finished product. Mm. But we always forget that there is a very long process to yeah. get to that point, and that's the part yeah. that we don't see. Yes. And maybe, maybe if you would like to, maybe you could walk us through a the process of making a, one of your products. Mm. Yeah, so I, um, one of the very challenging things that I have chosen to do with Laird is to use only repurposed fabric. And there's, there's many, many, many plus sides to that. But the biggest challenge is sourcing the fabric. Because now you know, or I know, sorry, that there are, there is so much fabric waste out there, whether Mm. it's off cuts, whether it's um, fabric people don't want anymore whether it's um, fabric that has been made for something specific and then, you know, that specific company or, um, yeah, design, they, they don't need that fabric anymore. So then there's rolls of fabric just just waiting, just sitting, not being used. Um, fabric waste is, textile waste is a huge topic. It's huge. And not many people actually know the damage that that is doing, you know, to the environment um, and the social impact it has. So the the process that I'm going on of discovery about that, you know, is part of my layered journey. Okay, so, so, but we can talk about that maybe in a minute. But 
Um, so first of all, I have to source the, the fabric, okay, because I want to stay true to, um, yeah, t- true to layered. And yes. that means I can't go into the fabric shop and see all these reams and rolls of fabric and just choose the fabric I like. The name mm-hmm. is on there, the price is on there, the however much, so if I want meters and meters, I can buy the meters and meters. I get... I choose to go to those difficult places. I choose to have the difficult conversations of, hi, this is who I am. Um, do you have any fabric that you don't want anymore? Or where are your cutoffs? Or get, pick up the phone. Hi, you're an upholstery company. How much, where's your, fa-? you know, what do you do with your offcuts? And I, like, it, it's almost like I've put myself in this difficult situation because I want to mm. stay true to what I've created Laird to be. Yes. But KZN, I could pop down to the second-hand shops, the 8 Cent or the, uh, the SPCA, and there's the fabric. You know, it's all... Uh, and it's going to a good cause. But now, I don't necessarily find that. So I have to go seek it out. And many companies that I phone have told me, I don't have time to give away our fabric waste. It goes in the bin. And I respond by saying, no, but hang on a second. Do you know what you're doing? Um, I can take that waste for you. I can make it into something or I can, you know, I can channel it so it doesn't just go to the landfill. Um, But please, can I have, you don't have to do anything. I'll come and get it for you, from you. And they'll say, nope, sorry, I don't have time. It's going in the bin. So. Yeah, and other people, you know, are very open to it. There's many people who are very, very open to it. But then, I mean, my studio is full of bags, um, full of fabric that people don't want anymore. And now I have it. And so you you kind of border on becoming a bit of a dumping ground. Yeah, a hoarder. (laughs) Yeah, because now I'm not going to throw the fabric away. Exactly. Do you know what you're doing when you throw the fabric away? (laughs) Exactly. I can't throw the fabric away. So, um, so uh, uh, before, okay, the beginning of this year, before, so last year, our bedroom was where I would do all my sewing and all the fabric was in my bedroom. And the beginning of this year, we're like, no, we, we can't do this anymore. It's just too much. So we've created another space for it, which is great. Amazing. Okay, but getting back to the point. Back okay, the so yes. source of fabric, loads of fabric, fabric from this size to obviously a lot bigger um and it all has to be washed and sorted the fabric sample books that um many people uh companies don't need anymore i have to rip it up i have to tear it tear off the paper take out the staples uh wash it all hang it up um it it, it, the the process of getting my fabric ready is actually massive it's not so that's before you even start creating something yes yeah so it's it's not just going to the shop and getting the nice clean fabric off the shelf it is a huge process and then once my fabric is clean and ready to use then um often i don't have big enough pieces just for you know a whole project and i have to piece it together um so it's you know the 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 textures that complement each other, the colors that complement each other. Um, and then, yeah, and then I can start making it and sewing it. And, you know, and at the wow. moment, I'm mostly doing bags. Um, so they're actually, all my bags are hanging behind the computer screen. 
So okay. when I'm talking, I'm actually looking at them and they're kind of inspiring my conversation. Um, Good. Keep yeah. that inspiration going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, I have my certain designs that I do for my bag, the certain styles, and then um, obviously I can see which styles are most popular at the markets I'm doing. And that's how I make it up. And then once it's awesome. finished, then I try and put it on Instagram and then I have it ready also for the markets. So okay. that's my process. So, so where, are you, where are you selling your, your bags? Uh, okay, so at the moment I'm at two, in two markets. Two markets. I'm at a market about a twenty minute drive from here called Rebeck. Uh, it's a small village, um, mm-hmm. and they have a monthly market. So I go there, and then the other place is Bouquet Bourbeur, which is a once a month farmers market. It is the cutest market ever. It's it's got the most awesome atmosphere and Everybody is friendly, and but it's this awesome drive up this long mountain pass, and you kind of get up on top of this mountain, and then you drive some more, and you think you wonder where are you going, and then you get onto this farm, and um, it's a small market, and it is, it's an awesome market. So I go there once a month. Um, so I've committed myself in my heart to markets, um, and Rebic is lovely. It's it's nice and close. Um, my parents live there, my sister and her family live there, so there's many connections to Rebic. Um, and then I, I think what I've noticed is to stay um, committed to one or two markets. I mean, people do many more, obviously, but my capacity at the moment is two a month. And, you know, show face there every month. And I sometimes I don't any, even sell anything, you know, okay. um, Again, I have to pick myself up from that as well because <laughs> that, you know, can obviously have a negative impact. But um, to keep on going back and keep on being consistent and I trust and I believe that that will be good, you know. Okay. Um, yeah, but I, I, yeah. it's the first time I'm doing it, obviously. I started the markets last at the end of last year okay. and then this year I'm trying to be consistent. Yeah, so that's that's, awesome. that, that's my consistent ways of selling, and then um, obviously Instagram, and then um, there's a couple of more markets lined up for the year as well. Okay, so yeah. if people wanted to a take a look at your stuff mm-hmm. and b order something from you, mm. is that process? Do you does someone just direct message you? Is an e- do you get emails? Um, how do you work that process? Yeah, I don't get emails. Um, I okay. The market is obviously a person-to-person contact where, yeah, face-to-face. That's it. Where I can chat to people about my products and they can see it. Otherwise, at the moment, my only outlet is Instagram. Um, okay. It's Instagram, which then filters through to Facebook. But I'm very rarely on Facebook. It's more Instagram. Okay. Um, and I, my. Probably the biggest challenge of myself getting out there is the fact that I can't drive at the moment, which is quite a challenge, Um, which means that I'm very dependent on whoever can take me places. So I have limitations on where I can go, you know, who I can approach about selling my my things. Mm. So that's why I'm at the moment choosing to keep it simple 
Okay. I'm sure if I could jump in the car and get out there and go and explore, then maybe I'd be in more places. But um, okay. this is where I find myself at the moment. So, so can you talk yeah. to us about the moments leading up to you even having the idea of starting layered? You know, so what what was the sequence of events that got you to the point where you said, okay, I'm going to hit go on this thing. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I've probably, I've probably never really put it into words, so I'm going to try and explain it because I actually remember yes. it well. Um, it was a obviously realizing that, okay, I need to do something. You know, I need to, I, I, not only do I need to, but I probably can. I probably can start something here. Um, and I remember one Saturday afternoon, I made a bag and it's the first bag I ever made and terrible colors. Uh, it was more, let me see if I can do this. And then, uh, Azalia, my daughter used that for her books, for homeschooling for about two years or more. And I think it was, it was on the day I made it. I was so excited I'd made it. And I was like, oh, I can, I can do this. I can make a bag. I can start a yes. business. And it was, it, it was like, it was that one time of, I think I can do this. And then probably in that week, you know, I probably made another one. And then I made another one and I made another one. And, <clears throat> and then I made some cushions because it, Cushions is very much a very similar com concept as making yeah, a bag. Yeah, I'd imagine so. And then very good friends of ours, Shen and Danica, they were starting a shop. And uh, a shop in Waterfall. And I was like, uh, yeah, we had a conversation about putting some of my stuff in there. And I remember writing the labels and I called myself, oh, so, I don't know trying to be clever, thinking like no one else has a name like that. When actually, if you look it up, there are like gazillion so <laughs> companies out there calling themselves, oh, so moments. lovely. And oh, so <laughs> pretty. And I can so, so or whatever it is, you know, and I'm like, oh, my word, I'm so unoriginal. But so anyway, cliche. I wrote my label. <laughs> so cliche. So like, so cliche. So, um, so I'm just jumping on your humor there. No, no, but it was quite funny. And I, I felt so chuffed. I got my things in there, a few bags, a few cushions. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I, I remember thinking to myself, oh, I need to make more. They're going to sell. <laughs> I think they, like, I hardly sold any of them. I think I sold one cushion. And the bags took, you know, as their shop obviously progressed, um, you know, so my bags, they, you know, I sold a few. Um, but... It, like I, I had this feeling like I was going to sell so many and I actually hardly did sell any. Um, but in that process, I remember it was June in 21, 2021 that I did my first Instagram post. So I don't know the time frame. It was, it was Easter weekend I put my bags in their shop and it was called Oso. I remember that clearly. And so it was a couple of months that I... Um, that I started thinking, what do I want my business to look like, you know? Um, and I wanted to make some certain clothes 
and I wanted to, yeah, and, and then it was, it was also a moment when I realized I want to use recycled fabrics, okay. you know, so in those two months. what and, was it, sorry yeah. to pause you there, but Mm-mm. what was that moment, like, talk, talk to us about that moment. About, about using recycled fabrics? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think it came from obviously knowing um, that I can buy secondhand fabrics was was a good one, but also, if I'm really honest, we didn't mm. have a lot of spare money, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so obviously secondhand fabrics is going to be more affordable than going to a fabric shop and buying new fabric. Yes. So it was more it was more about what. How can I, um, how can I achieve something without having a massive outlay? Yes. Um, and the, it was probably actually fueled by that more than anything else because okay. I'd never, I, I had never really explored textile waste before. It was more uh, um, being resourceful. You know, I, I think over the years I've always been a very resourceful person, loving to you know, not chuck things away. I've always composted. I've always tried to recycle. I've always, um, you know, I love secondhand furniture. I, you know, like Bronwyn also, she likes to renovate furniture. I've also loved to do that. Um, I don't throw anything away. I'm not a hoarder, but I don't throw something away where I see it being useful. So naturally, my sister's always, always told me, and you're very resourceful. So I think I live up to that name I am resourceful okay. and um that's how that yeah so awesome. I, it was probably no, a means great. to an end yeah probably a means okay. to an end and then um and then I remember very specifically where I was sitting trying to think about okay what name am I gonna call this because you know Oso is extremely unoriginal so we can't pursue that one that that's not good for my my heart about being totally unoriginal. And it was a huge thought process on how I came up with Layered, you know. because these things do sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And I think many people use their name as a, you know, as a name, their, their own name, as a brand name. Um, but I didn't feel, that didn't sit right with me. Like, it didn't feel natural. Okay. Um, and so... Yeah, I really pondered and pondered and pondered on layered the name, um, and when it and when that moment also came, like when the penny dropped with that, when the, you know, the decision was made, I was so happy with it. That's awesome. <laughs> I was just yeah. I remember um, you asking us about it and saying. Oh really? I remember you showing us the bags, and then a mm. week or a couple of weeks later asking you, you know, how's the naming going and what have you, you know, what have you decided on? And you, I remember you very sheepishly, you were saying, have you called it layered? I'm like, sorry? He said, no, layered. Like when you, when you said that, like the, I could see your your face lit up. I very clearly remember that. And Mm. the pride was just coming through your body language and it was very cool. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's great. Yeah. I think thanks. it's great. So well thanks. done. Thank That's you. That's awesome. So yeah. you you 
decided on your name. You, you, you had been sewing a bit, which had basically come out of school projects. And yeah. now you've, you took the, took the plunge to start this business. And then we all ran up into the hills and we took videos and photos of the products. And we had an yes. absolute jewel. Watched the sun setting over, over the valley, yeah. which was what a moment. It was absolutely stunning. Mm. And it was. then you started, then you guys, so I'm just going through a time frame quickly. So just correct mm. me if I'm wrong in any areas. Then you started putting some of the content out and then you guys moved. Yes. Shortly after that, you guys moved mm-hmm. to Cape Town or Malms, Mom, Malmsbury. 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 Sounds like scones and jams. Malmsbury jams. <laughs> I know for a lot of people that putting yourself and your products onto into the social media space is quite a challenge. It's like hmm. it takes a lot in us to put our put, put our stuff out there. How is that process for you? Taking, you know, it it is it's risky business putting your products, your hard sweat and blood, sweat and tears mm. into the into the world. How is that for you? Horrible. It Why? Is what does horrible about it? Um, okay, I'm I'm finding it easier now, but if I'm honest, the the social media aspect of lead has been the hardest for me. Um, What's because, been hard about it? Um. Yeah, it, the vulnerability of it. Um, and also, I guess you want to create... Okay, no, um, hang on. I want to be authentic, so I want to be real. But even when you look at social media, people being real still look really good, you know. So they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they put their process out there, but their process even looks good. Like, you, you, you know... Well, it's and, still curated, it's still curated, exactly. And yeah. it's that curating process, which is very hard. So I found it, um, the process is unpleasant for me because um, once I post it, I feel like there's no, you know, you've got to that point of no return. So it's out there now. And, you know, um, and it, it's funny because myself um, as an individual, I I don't actually mind what people think of me. I'm very confident in myself and who I am. Yes. Um, but when it t- comes to social media, I am not all over it, confident in who I am, and I don't give a stuff what people think. It's, it is more a nerving process for me to press post, and I've done it, and it's almost like I actually close my eyes, I've done it, <laughs> okay, and, you know, I... <laughs> it is and And breathe, exactly, and... The, the lead up to it, the taking photos. Luke, I become a different person when taking photos. I, uh, yes. I, um, what, what kind of person do you become? It's the stressful thing. It's stressful. Like everyone get out of my way because I'm taking photos and I okay. find it the most stressful thing ever. And I know for you, you're extremely good at it. And I'm sure you also take a million photos and then it takes you hours to edit and that's the reality of being a photographer. So doing that when you're not a trained photographer is, you know, it, it's, it's horrible. And, and, you know, it, 
it would be awesome if we had the finances to pay a photographer. But for most people, you actually don't do it, you know, because now you need to post and you need yes. to get things out there. So having professional but photography all the time. I would say you don't. So I'm going to interrupt you there and mm. challenge you on this. I would say, yes. you know, these, these phones that we carry are take can take incredible photos with very little input from the mm. user. And I would say, you know, just making sure that there's enough light and that mm. you're pointing it at the correct subject <laughs> is a really good place to start. And I honestly yeah. don't, I don't, like, there's, there's I, I don't, uh, maybe it's just me because I, I take photos and I do video and it's, I'm so, mm. I've become so accustomed to it. But I don't think you need, most people, and I, I say this at detriment of, you know, the industry we're in, most people don't need video and photo because the hardware that we have on our phones and the software yeah. running them are actually perfectly capable of doing the job for you. Mm. And it, what, that, yeah. what that lets you do is to... Be creative with it. So that mm. what basically what I, what you left to do is positioning the product correctly. Maybe making the product sit nicely in an environment that looks good. So it takes a whole lot of pressure off of you, you know, to get the lighting right, yeah. to get the focus right, to get the, you know, make sure this is happening and that is happening. But all you need to do is yeah. compose it well. And make sure it looks nice and you can get creative with that. And it costs yeah. you next to nothing. There's so much yeah. software in, out there that, I mean, even in Instagram itself, some of the filters are great for what, what they yeah. are. And yeah. you don't, no, nowadays you don't need, right. a, you don't need full-time, no professional photo photographers to come through and do everything for you. And mm. Although I they think, do have their place. They do, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 100%, completely. Yeah. But mm. I think in the world we live in, it's, it's amazing that we can actually do those things ourselves. Yes. You know, you no, can do your right. own videos, right. you can do your own photos. Yeah. And it's just another form of expression of your brand. And yeah. I think from the photos that I've seen that you guys have been doing, I think you've done an amazing job. I think it's, oh. it's lovely. And it takes practice. And the yes. more you practice, the better you get. And I think it's absolutely perfectly adequate to to not use a photographer or a video mm. guy all the time. Yeah. So yeah. well done on Thanks, that. Luke. I think That's... you've done amazingly well. Thank you. Thank you. It was very encouraging. And um, yeah, other people have also said, no, Anya, you're 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 doing okay. It's you know, keep going. It's it's going okay. And yes, I think completely. it's I think it is um, the just expectations of oneself. I think that's also what it is, you know, and the danger of comparing. I think that is, uh, uh, that's what is I, yeah. And that's, that's what has always kept me away from social media is comparison. Um, even to your, you know, in your own personal life, you know, um, that's why I actually, I don't really do social media for our personal life. Um, because it is, it's just not something that comes naturally to me, you know, and, mm. 
And and so, but even with, or mostly, you know, with with lead, it's it is seeing other people's things and comparing. And I am not exempt from it. I compare yeah. so so often, and and I think that's that's actually the root of why Instagram or social media is so daunting for me is the comparison, you know, Um, if I'm honest. And I know that people say you shouldn't compare, and I agree, we shouldn't compare. Um, But you have to train yourself to not compare. Um, I would... I would... I challenge you on that and saying... mm. I I don't feel like there's anything wrong with comparison. If you look at, mm-hmm. like, at how humans have evolved, mm. we have to compare ourselves, example, to a lion, you know, am I, or maybe, maybe someone just purely for survival, comparison is necessary. Yeah. Like we have to healthily compare ourselves to competitors or to a threat. What, only through comparison will you know if something is a threat or not. But mm. I think that comparison is healthy as long as we don't lose ourselves to that comparison. And we yeah. comparison is like self-awareness, you know, know our weaknesses, know our strengths, what is, how yeah. am I or how is led compared to something else? It's still a comparison mm-hmm. and it's a healthy comparison. It's not an yeah. unhealthy one where you are running by fear where you are saying, you know, maybe feeling intimidated in the sense of I'm not good enough or I'm not enough. But mm-hmm. I would say health, healthy comparison is good. It's, it's, it's you can't get away thing. with it. Yeah, you yeah, cannot get away yeah. with comparison at all. But it's yeah, the no, way in which we right. compare ourselves and mm. the way in which we so often lose ourselves in the process to our competitors that we lose yeah. we lose the trueness or, or the, the truth of who we are mm. so no, keep comparing right. yourself <laughs> but don't yeah, just not and I'm, I'm speaking to myself too <laughs> mm. but don't yeah. you know it's so hard not to lose ourselves in that process and yeah. I think that's let's stop spend let's spend less time and energy trying to not compare but rather compare in a healthy way and know what our strengths and weaknesses are and play in those yeah. areas. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess it's about also seeing what other people do and in seeing what other people do, we will naturally compare, but actually choose to see um, the good in what they do and the good in what you do. Um, Completely. You know, and, but you're right in what you're saying. That, that is also a comparison. So it is more about the negative effects comparison can have, you know. So... Yeah. You know, to see them in the space they're in um, and, and probably doing so much more successful than you are because obviously there's always going to be people doing more, you know, things better um, in terms of their effectiveness or, you know, um, you know how big their business is or what, whatever it is, how much they're selling. Mm. But choose to see the good. It's okay. That's good. Mm. <laughs> it's a good thing. Yeah. There's always going to be people out there. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, you can spend your life building layered to compete against others mm-hmm. or you can build layered to represent who you are and what the brand is yeah. and yeah. remain human in the process without losing your yeah. humanity yeah. and trying to and keep I, up with everyone else or become something yeah. that you're not. 
Yeah, no, it's, and, and I think this whole process, um, and you've probably also found this, Luke, is, um, is also because, because we're putting ourselves out there, um, having your own business, um, to stay true to who you are and to be authentic. And that's something that I, like, I so truly want to do in this, you know, is just to stay true, be authentic, and people can give their thoughts and ideas. Yes. You know, and, and sometimes you get ruffled by these opinions, perspectives, and it ruffles you because should you be doing things a different way? Um, well, if I did that, that, that thing that way, you know, maybe it would succeed. Maybe I'd make more money, whatever it is. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you have to come back to who you are and um, what you're, how you've been created and what you are creating and be authentic in that process. Um, yes. Yeah. So, I've also so how, have you, how have you <clears throat> tried to remain authentic and layered to represent layered. you, Anya. Yeah. Yeah. Because as, um, as a small business or mm. micro business, your, your brand is a, directly attached to who you are as a person, yes, as it a human. Is. Yeah. So how have you it's remained, true. tried to remain authentic to yourself? I think a few ways. Okay, let me think. Let me go through them. Number one is how... I incorporate my family and my business um, because obviously being obviously everybody's family is so important to them. So I'm, I'm no different to anybody else, but coming from a homeschool, homeschooling background, my girls were like, we were so intertwined in every, from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to bed. So that is part of who I am. You know, it's not, okay, you're, you're off at school now, I'm doing my business, we kind of living, you know, doing our own thing. To some extent, yes, we are. But I, my heart cannot keep them out of what I'm doing. So mm -hmm. um, keeping, uh, yeah, the, the, the uh, uh, yeah, just keeping it a family thing, you know, that's, that's okay. one thing. Um, the other thing is to keep acknowledging God in the process because yes. layered, the name layered, why I chose it is because the, the fabric, okay, is all repurposed. So I'm using it, um, but maybe it's not new, the fabric. It's not old and grimy, you know, it's not stained and distasteful. It's, it's good quality fabric, but I'm maybe not the first person using it. So if I'm cutting a piece of clothing up or I'm um, yeah, using the secondhand fabric, the, it's got a story before it came to me. So it is already layered. You know, the, the story of the fabric is layered. And in the same way, we as people are layered. We are layered with our stories. Mm. We, we have so many stories to tell. And um, the way God has created us is full of layers. And, you know... So, so um, staying true to God and being reminded that this is not actually my business. This is God's business. You know, this is, and yes. I really want to do it to glorify his name. Like with, with all of my heart, that's what I want to do. I sometimes I lose sight of it and I have to pull my back, myself back into what I'm doing. And also the other reason why I started Layered, why, why I chose to go into this 
as a business is because I, I'm doing what my hands find to do. And that's, you know, and this is what I, my hands, this is what God gave my hands to do. And so I'm doing it because he has given me the skill to do it. And that's the other thing to stay true to, to that. And then um, the other thing which I'm, I feel quite excited about is <clears throat> that I've started um, a few months ago to, to teach um, other girls to learn to sew. Um, and I, um, yeah, so a, a mum approached me about would you be keen and, and I realised, well, uh, yes, I would be keen because I've taught my girls to sew, so why can't I teach other children to sew? And so we've, we've got, I've got five girls and they come once a week and I'm teaching them the basics of sewing and it's going very well and, and I feel like, oh yes, in my, in my, you know, being true to who I am as a mom, this is very close to my heart, you know, teaching other girls the skill that I've got um, and only using repurposed fabrics and teaching them that you don't have to go buy all this new fabric, even though it's very tempting and wonderful and has its place. New fabric always will have its place. Um, there's also other ways to do it. So, yeah. That's awesome. Um, that, I think, yeah, my, my family, God, teaching, yeah, at the moment that's, that's how awesome. I feel like, yeah. Thank I'm you for sharing that, Tanya. Yeah. Thank you for, for sharing that very close part of your life. Mm. And... Yeah, I think there's there's a lot to take out from there, which is awesome. So I'm very aware of the time, and we've been going for a while now, and I want to respect your time. <laughs> and I want to say thank you for making time to talk with us and to share your story. It's amazing. Thanks, and Luke. I would like to ask you, is... If there is one thing you could say to other people out there who have started or are starting their, their small business, what would it be? Um, I would say that we've all got something to be able to give and something to be able to create in whatever way shape or form we've got that something um, and you just have to have that aha moment of saying I'm going to do this and if you say you're going to do it you know if, if there's that moment where you say I can do this to take hold of that moment and do it with everything in you. Do it to the absolute best you can do it. Um, to be intentional with everything that you choose to do and to keep on going and persevering at it. Um, and I think if, if we do things intentionally um, and with all of our heart, if we put our, our whole art, heart into it, then, yeah, then that is a good That's awesome. way to start and keep going. 
That's amazing. So to summarize what you say, we all have something in us to give. Choose to give it. Mm -hmm. And when you have that aha moment and start giving it, do it to the best of your ability and with everything Mm. you have. Yeah. Yeah, and that can correctly? that can pertain. Yeah, and that that can be for a business, but also just in life with whatever things you yeah. choose to do in life as well. Completely. Um, but yeah, yes. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And yeah, thank you. Where can mm-hmm. people find you? They can find besides me in Malmesbury, scones and jam. Malmesbury, Malmesbury is completely the opposite of scones and jam. <laughs> and it sounds it's like the name of a jam, Malmesbury. <laughs> but when but you say it, the Brit says it. Mm-hmm. It sounds it like very sophisticated. Oh, and it yes, sounds like yes, it could yes. be a jam. Yeah. <laughs> so where can people find you so if funny. they wanted to go check okay, you out? You can, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is laird.fabrics. And then, um, yeah, I, th- that's about it at the moment. I'm on Facebook cool. under my name, Anya Lawrence. Um, awesome. And then on Instagram, then I'll be posting where I will physically be. Um, okay. But that's it. Hopefully one day I will have a website, but I'm not there yet. <laughs> yes, I think, yeah. you, I think you will. Yes. I will get there. Well, and yeah, I will also put those details in the comments or in the description of the video. And once again, thank you you for your time. Well, thank you for the privilege. This was was good. Yeah. It was an absolute pleasure. And yeah, I wish you all the best. And can't wait to keep seeing your story and your journey, even if it is one or two provinces away from each other. Well, KZM will always have a special place in my heart, so it's absolutely special.